Hi, and welcome everyone to Black Celebrity Podcast. Um, I'm here today with Dr. Z and Lady Holly, and we have two special guests that we want to introduce to you. And I'm going to allow for them to give a quick introduction. And we're going to go into some topics about the church and mental health. However, I'd be remiss if I did not talk about what is going on in our country today and how people are feeling within our community, within our culture, uh, the fact that people are feeling emotional, they are feeling frustrated, they are feeling exhausted, they are feeling like, um, where, where are the answers? When is this going to end? Or, and they're Googling and going online to look at other countries just to see, are they going through the same thing? And just today, you know, I was speaking with someone from the UK who shared with me, you know, we understand racism and, and, and microaggressions. We know what everything is, but it's not the same here. We don't have that brutality from police officers here. And it's just not the same. So we stand with you guys in solidarity because we want to provide that support. And that is always helpful to hear. But right now, you know, we're, we're at a state where we're going through a collective trauma and not just because of COVID pandemic, but also now we're going through this trauma that relates to, to social injustice, um, an issue with humankind. Uh, it's, it's not just a, a black issue, it, it is well beyond that. It is more, more to it than just being a black issue. It's, it's about how we are treating people how police are treating people, how our neighborhoods are being policed by white officers. And we're just here to offer that support, offer this space, create a platform. And you know, if you ever need to call in or, or email us, we're here to answer those questions for you, I believe, and being able to communicate in order to find your safe space, being able to communicate, to talk to other people. Um, and, and share your voice with them and, and share how you're feeling because that's what we have to do right now. Mm -hmm. States where we just need to communicate with each other and talk about how we're feeling because there is no quick fix to, um, to, to, to stop what we're feeling, to alleviate any pain or frustration. It is all about having to process this on a day-by-day -day basis, being able to talk to people, being able to just open up and share our feelings. So uh, we're going to delve into that but we're, we really have a good topic for you too with that integration of church and mental health i think it is so 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 important and um, i want our guests to introduce themselves so i'll start first good evening everyone or whatever time it is when you're listening to this i am dr shante bassett I'm a psychologist. I currently work for a college. I'm the staff psychologist in the Wellness Center, which is the equivalent of a counseling center. I'm also an adjunct professor, and I am the pastor of counseling and mental health at the Excelling Church, the Queens campus, and I have been in ministry in some capacity or another since 2009. Um, that's when I um, preached my initial sermon. So I've been preaching since then. I was ordained a pastor in September of 2019. So pretty fresh in that regard. Uh, but before that, I was involved in a number of ministries, youth ministry, dance ministry, 
Sunday school ministry, all of that. So um, I can definitely speak to both sides of the coin today. And thank you for having me. You're welcome. Hello, good evening to everyone. I am Reverend Caprice D for Diane, for the Dianes out there. Uh, Nesbitt hyphen terrain. I always say hyphen, people laugh at that, but uh, I say it all the time. Um, how are you? I am the pastor of the Daughters of Zion International Ministries, Warriors for Christ. Uh, we've been in existence for a very long time. That's uh, back in 1987. Um, and I've been in ministry back in 1974. Um, so I've been in ministry for a long time. I've been dealing with people for a long time. I've worked for uh, many of the uh, um, different uh, organizations um, in counseling, in uh, the shelter systems, um, with HIV, AIDS, uh, help, um, PSI, um, now known as Brighter, uh, Bright Health um, organizations, um, many. And then I, I go to the street too. I, I, I love people and I now work with veterans. So um, mental health uh, for me is like a second skin. Um, dealing with people where they're at, um, dealing with uh, everyday situations. Um, I do uh, personal counseling. Uh, I used to go into the homes um, physically and deal with uh, marriage issues, um, that type of thing. Um, the church has to come off the pulpit and go into the streets. I think you've seen that uh, this past weekend. Um, more of that needs to be done. One of the, uh, the images that I have in, in scripture says, and Jesus sat down on the ground and taught them saying, you see in that in Matthews. And I love that imagery of coming out and sitting down and sitting down amongst the people and let the people see you and let the people talk to you. Um, and so that's where I'm at um, with all of this. Um, with the protests, protest has to happen. Destruction of po property is another thing. When you're destroying your own town and now you no longer have a grocery store to go to. Yes, uh, 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 when you're um, killing your own people and you're talking about marching against killing your people, <laughs> you know, I have issues with that. There go lies me. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, we welcome you. Thank you. Everybody's <laughs> 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 Let's a little bit of history because um, I actually had this discussion with Dr. Bassett on the phone one day. I reached out to her and um, my practice is in, in White Plains, New York and also New Jersey. 
And so I have a lot of clients who um, identify as Christian and they also, they're of color and they are struggling with two identities in a sense where they are the pastor's kids and they are trying to figure out where they, who they are. I think mm. that's the best term. Who, who am I? And mm. who do I have to be when I'm in church with my family and my identity there? And then trying to create an identity for themselves when they are outside or trying to mesh the two, trying to be mm. responsible um, at the church and carry on a particular role. And then also having to to stay up with their schoolwork if they're if they're in college or having a job and, and trying to take on some outside activities and wanting to mesh the two things but feeling pulled in the church direction but also then trying to figure out um, do I let go of the social activities that are outside of church and you know I allow them to speak and share what they're feeling and one of the 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 things that I shared with, with Dr. Bassett was that there's a sense of anxiety there as well, and also a sense of depression. Um, mm. Not comfortable with self. And I just wanted to kind of get um, some of your feedback on have you witnessed this? Um, how do you talk to people, especially if they are passive kids? And like, what do you say? <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, Dr. Bassett knows me um, from years back as be, uh, as part of the youth ministry that um, that was over at uh, St. Albans uh, Baptist Church. And I'm actually tearing right now because this is like a lot for me. <laughs> like she's known me since I was a kid and to be on a panel with her, I'm just like, oh my God. So sorry, just go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we meet you right where you are. You do uh, <laughs> You know, all of that. She was all of that. And um, we used to have conversations like this. I, I, I like taking it off the pulpit and bringing it to the youth and talking uh, mm -hmm. down with them, you know, um, because it's, it's very important to understand the total man. Uh, we are not church over here and uh, executive over there and daughter over there and uncle over. No, we are a whole and total entity from the head to the foot, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. It all comes together and it all has to stay together. Because yeah. if you try to break it up in these pieces, you're going to be looking kind of silly. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I wanted to bring uh, life to the wholeness of a person. And um, that meant, no, in dealing with social and church is social, mm -hmm. um, and dealing with um, your jobs and and families, um, first there has to be a knowing on who you are and what it is, what are you looking for in all of these different entities? 
You have a goal. Why are you in the church? Just because your mama is in the church? Why are you in the church? Is it because you want to exercise your own worship to God and, and, and be strengthened by that? Why are you in the church? For a social gathering? Why are you in, what are you looking for there? And then you have family. Who are you at in family? Are you the, 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 the youngest, the oldest, the middle, the mm -hmm. only? Uh, 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 who are you there? Define those things. It's all right to define those things. It's all right to talk about those things. Um, and then you have to be able to face your fears in all of that and talk about those things too. Uh, uh, be real with yourself. You have to face your mirror. You have to be able to talk about you to you and then you can explain it to others. Um, and then you don't get caught up in what others think of you um, and you'll be able to stand in the midst of whatever it is that you are partaking in. So um, I like it to break it down, then build it up. It's important to know who you are. Right, and also when you said not being concerned what others think of you, that is a very important point because I think that is where a lot of that anxiety comes in mm -hmm. is what yeah. other people, especially in the church, knowing that I am the pastor's kid, what do they think of me? And, and well, I am a pastor's kid and oh well. <laughs> and, sorry. <laughs> and you have to go through life. You, you have to go through life. You have to live life. You have to experience life for yourself. There's some things that you're going to glean from your parents and, and a boy. And then there's some things that you're going to glean from your parents and not avoid. You're going to repeat it um, because you, you, you want to, to experience this thing called life. And um, you have to experience it. But as you experience it as a preacher's kid, you have something special. Mm -hmm. You know God. <laughs> and you know the Bible. And you know how to get to the Bible when you need to get to the Bible. Mm -hmm. And you know how to read that Bible. And you know how to pray when you really get down in the dumps. Because in my life, I had that to go through the struggles that I had to go through, through teens, through preteens, teens, young adults, adults, up to this very point. I knew how, I knew how to get to God. You can't do this without God. Oh, absolutely not. It's funny uh, to hear you say that. You're going to make me um, text my niece and she is, uh, so she is my niece. She is a PK. And I am, and her mother and I, of course, went to school together. And their father and their mother are really been. I've known them forever, but uh, so now she is uh, coming into her own. So she's a teenager. She's now in high school, and so I, I sit, of course you know, kind of covering your friends and your family when I decided to join his church, um, and yeah, you know, you know, come into the church and and. and support them and, and help build their ministry and help be a disciple uh, with them. Um, I then took the seat as on my first lady's right side, just so that I could be 
um, supportive of both she and my niece um, in a way in the church that was some so she had somebody familiar on both sides of her world that then kind of made it like oh well if I'm thinking you know join the church then oh okay like how does this work and so and you know being able to go on trips and have it establish her own um pecking order in terms of uh, she's in the uh, the young disciples ministry and like you said she she has a foundation in the lord by watching her parents that is incredible um she can't sing but you can because she wants to sing but that young lady knows more of the you know she can what she knows her songs and one day she said, Auntie Helen, when you sing in the choir, she's like, you know, she, she imitates me, which is hysterical, but knows every lyric and knows, you know, every book of the Bible, like literally can go through all the games. And, and you know, she just, she's, we're allowing and watching her grow um, in the church in a way that we sell and then we celebrate her. So her successes, um, just like any of the other young people in the church um, and any successes that she gets on the outside, um, are really really celebrated and then we take it you know as first lady guild you know we make sure her birthday we celebrate just like we celebrate pastor and first lady we celebrate her because she is our she's our first kid you know so she's one she's our kid and and uh we nurture her as a, as, as a first lady's guild it's been very important for her to have relationships outside of her parents but that she has strong relationships even when we go to con at the conference level you know now that she's getting her voice she now has other young people that she's connected with on a you know conference level she's been to the bicentennial on AMEs so you know she people know who she is because of her parents right which is this high bar of expectation of a behavior um which is interesting for PKs y'all have this duality that is interesting <laughs> <laughs> Because when y'all cut up, y'all cut up. But we, <laughs> but you're right. But because you do and know God, <laughs> because you do know God, you know what I mean. And one thing hurt. Her, her yes. They're not. They're not fake. You know, they're not fake. They don't act like they didn't. They that they were born free of sin. Like they, he literally um, is very transparent about his walk um, and how he got called to ministry and how he, you know, just he is so. Forthright, and before he became a minister, he was he did the marriage ministry, uh, or they did the marriage ministry, and so she's been, um, you know. As a matter of fact, we were from Queens, so that we went to Mount Moriah. So he used to run the marriage ministry from Mount Moriah. right up the block. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, when I heard yeah. you in Queens, I was like, they don't know you got a home. Yeah, I was born and raised in Cali, but then I came to live in Laurelton. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so Mount Moriah, and then actually I had gone to Maranatha Baptist um, prior okay. to going AMA. So, you know, you know, I'm a, you know, um, I'm always, I land and find a church home. So I love the duality of PKs. And what, one of the things that interests me is the, what was, or how did you deal with, um, and how, and I was gonna say, I'm gonna direct this to Dr. Bassett, right? Cause you have young people. How do you guide, um, your young people knowing that, you know, from whence you came, um, in terms of sometimes we struggle because sometimes and my niece will say well I don't think that I have to go to church just to fellowship and she understands the community of church and she understands the fellowship part. So that's not, not that she doesn't understand it or get it or see the see how her dad can you know all of a sudden give up his whole career and then become you know a pastor of a small church how do you help guide a, a, your PK now your PK kids um, so that you know that you have grounded them, but that you allow them to have their own personality. 
And that's actually a point that I wanted to respond to when you were speaking. You made two really important points. You celebrate the, the pastor and first lady's daughter. And you also, well, her parents and you as her village, allow her to find her way. Mm -hmm. um, I think those are two really important things because the world celebrates our children. So, and you know, at, at our core, we just want to be seen, we want to be heard, we want to be understood. So if we're not getting that in the church, then we're going to go where we, where we get all of those things. So it's important to, you know, recognize our youth, recognize what they're doing in school, recognize, you know, if they're young entrepreneurs, if they're, you know, starting a brand or, you know, something like that. Even if you see that it's minor, if it's important in their eyes, you know, recognize it. And I think uh, the Excelling Church where I'm a pastor, one of the pastors, I think that we, our youth ministry is really good at doing that, but also allow them to find their way. Like it's not always about the hard sell when it comes to the word because Jesus is Jesus. And he's going, you know, he's going to prick the hearts of the people no matter what, he's going to do it in the manner which he wants to. My pastor often says like, you know, we get, pe we get the unchurched the people who aren't used to church or the people who are tired of church as usual. And he says, you know, the people who have all the tattoos or different color hair, or they come in with their same sex spouse, like you don't, you love on them yep. and let God deal with the rest. Yep. You, it doesn't have to be a hard sell of the word. We preach the word, mm -hmm. but it's not a matter of heart. Well, you know, you're going to hell or, you know, well, the word says you can tell someone what the word says without quoting it. Mm -hmm. show them show yes. them what god has done in your life show them by the smile on your face not always coming in with an attitude or even if you had a bad day you know what last sunday my husband was giving me so much grief but i feel so much better today because you know god just really dealt with me you know just sharing your testimonies and kids see that like i'm mm -hmm. not over the youth ministry but i have a six-year-old and a four-year-old oh. six going on 40 four going on 14 and like they want to go to church they get upset like when covid hit they oh. were upset when they couldn't go to church because i'm part of a production team as well they oh, wow. would like cry my daughter would have tantrums but that's because it was like you have to come to church with me and i'm dragging them with me although that was the case but they enjoyed <laughs> what was available for the children they enjoyed the atmosphere they enjoyed the fact that they were able to see and touch their pastor that when their pastor sees them he doesn't just look past them he hugs yeah. them he knows them by name i think those components are really important it's the the other factors that draw youth in mm -hmm. and that includes pks like i'm not a pk but just seeing the interactions mm -hmm. i think that's important like if they feel like they're supported if they feel that you see them as more than pastors so-and-so's or fat, uh, mm -hmm. first lady so-and-so's child mm -hmm. and they feel like they have a purpose and they're allowed to find their own way then they're more inclined to be proud of being a pk and stay with being a pk because if they if you do the hard sell and you always have to be here no matter what you have to be prim and proper and you have to wear this and your skirt always has to be mid-calf not an inch shorter not an inch longer like with these very strict rules 
it's like it's going to be very dichotomous it's going to go mm -hmm. from being black to being white then they won't want anything to do with the church yeah. because there was no flexibility because it yeah. was so rigid with they couldn't breathe that this is really not the best time to use that analogy but it fits it fits yeah. if you don't allow them to find their way and be themselves then they'll be like you know what i'll just leave once i turn 18 or once i go to college i'm gonna do everything you told me i couldn't do in the church and that's that yeah yeah very true it's it's very true um, um, that. um another thing with that is the mask it's mm -hmm. it's funny uh how i preach and teach to take off the mask and now we're walking around with the mask <laughs> yeah um and the mass represents many things and now they can le legitimately wear the mass um mm. and what the young people were asked to do um especially if you were a pk is put on your mass so whatever goes on in the household oh. Yeah. you do not talk about in the church um although those are the things that should have been addressed in the church you don't tell anybody <laughs> that we're addressing or not addressing it at home mm. and so you have a, had a lot of uh, masquerades and mm. you had kids coming to church knowing that what your your preacher is preaching about today whether that's your mother or your father it's a lie it's hypocritical because that is not at all what is happening in the home hmm. so you might be talking to someone that has seen something totally different in the home than what's preached on the pulpit hmm. and that um frustrates them angers them um but that's their mom that's their dad so what do you do with that what do you do with that frustration where do you put it you can't tell nobody in the church that this is what's really happening and so you find that they go astray they go scurrying to other places as dr bassett said uh they're gonna find somebody that will listen yeah uh, and we don't want them to um enter into different forests mm -hmm. different places that uh that do have monsters and bears and uh those kind of individuals that are waiting for them and praying on them and not p-r-a but p-r-e praying on them just waiting for their brokenness to come so they can mend it up oh yeah yeah that's interesting i know my own daughter we had gone to um, egypt right before um i think pretty much right before this all shut down so we got back in february and um it, you know, we had uh, gone to um aswan 
And my daughter went back into the room and I didn't know where she was. And I get back in the room and she goes, and she's crying. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, I have so much and they don't. And she and my niece talked about it, you know, just their lifestyle as young melanin dominant brown women um, and their, you know, parents being people that people look to or are always pulled or torn um, because of work and church and obligations and that they are often um, sometimes um, that they have things to keep them occupied and or a group of people to keep them occupied and checking on them and to watch children in the street who were begging um, hit her to her core. Um, and then COVID happens, right? And so and she's a tactile learner. Um, so this has been very hard for her. Zoom is, you know, she likes to do Zoom or like to do Zoom with her friends, not to do homework or talk to her teachers. She wants to get in the classroom and be busy and be learning. And, you know, the, the rigor of the classroom was important to her. Um, but she literally came and showed me her whole, she found this whole Bible study moment that she kind of deviated and was like, you know, what's really funny is during COVID, I've found myself growing closer to God because we can't go to church and because we can't fellowship and because I'm not hearing um, those messages and, and being full on Sunday. I said, well, all right, we know we go, like, you know, it's like, you kind of go, hmm, I think there's in there. You know? <laughs> You're like, that's that checkup. It's in there. I'm not going to lean on it. I'm not, like you said, I'm not, we're not going to do it. So when do you, and it was funny because my son took his walk at conference and I wasn't there and he did it twice. So we, I was like, well, you did it the first time. He was like, no, but he, pro he preached a word and he ran up the next time during another, another conference and actually um, gave himself to Jesus. And then he then deviated because people were, they wanted a male, you know, they wanted a male child. And so it was like one of those things where in the, in the conference level, they wanted him to do all this stuff because they kind of picked him or had like this pre predisposed idea of what he what level of service he was going to play he was like he kind of pulled back from it so to that point is yes that room to identify with themselves but when do you know that it that you um are kind of grounded and okay with the fact that you're able to be just you like you said no mask just you one-on-one -on -one with god like what when does that happen uh, when did that happen for you? For me, it, it happened. <laughs> I was young. Okay. I was about 14. Um, and I remember the Lord calling me at a very young age, um, even before 14. But I come from a family of preachers. So every time I said, okay, I'm going to go tell the pastor. One of my family members got to him first. So I said, well, I can't tell them now because they're going to say that I'm following somebody. Wow. So I, I held back and I still did my worship. I loved the Lord from young. That, that was ingrained in me. This, this, this. God loved me and I loved him back. So then I said, okay, God, I'm going to, I'm going to. And then I saw my pastor and then my brother 
got to him before I got to him. So I said, okay, now you know. They're going to say this is a family affair and mm -hmm. I'm not doing this, God. I, I, you know what they're going to say. This will be nice. <laughs> Nine church. So I was in the mother church. And so I said, okay, I'm not, I'm not doing this. And so one conference, mm -hmm. God was on me like really hard. And I said, okay, okay, God. So all this, the crying, it's not, and the, everything. Mm -hmm. I went to the, the altar. It was like he threw me on the altar and I was snotting and crying. And so I said, okay, 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 okay. And when I got up, I saw my pastor at the door. I'm like, oh, here we go again. Now who's going to go get to him first? And this little boy came up to me, put his hands on his head, hips, and said, who are you? And I looked at him like, who are you? Like, you me. <laughs> and... Like the, the, the Holy Spirit just caught my tongue. <laughs> and he said, I said, who are you? Whoa. Oh, then I was aware, I was awoke that that, that was the Holy Spirit speaking mm -hmm. to me. And I said, I'm a preacher. And he turned on his heels and ran away. So I quickly went over to my pastor, so I won't have those happenings again, and said I was called to preach. Wow. And that was uh, how I answered the, the call. He wow. said, okay, daughter, okay, uh, we'll get together. I'm like, I don't care what you do, how you do it. I'm good now. I did what I needed. I did my part. The big step. The big step. I did. People. Stop pushing people. Stop pushing these kids to the pulpit. Mm. Because that's not where everybody is called to the pulpit. Right. Stop Ministry is them. not stop your agenda on them mm. and let God put his agenda on them mm -hmm. and trust them that they hear God guide them when it doesn't seem so when it kind of seem off because sometimes it do because they're listening to everybody and everything mm -hmm. but stop pushing these kids to the pulpit to be bishops and to be prophets and to be uh, apostles and to be uh, grand cougar or whoever else I'm sorry. Yes, you did say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's so true. Like bishops at 15. I'm sorry. Anyway, um, no, but it, it's true. And one thing, like the joke <laughs> amongst my friends, one of them in particular, like she calls my lead pastor like the OG pastor because we have a lot of pastors at our church. Like we have the pastor of counseling mental health. We have the youth pastor. At one point we had the college pastor. Like we have pastors over different areas because essentially a pastor is an overseer. So we have overseers mm -hmm. of different departments. Mm -hmm. um, but many of those pastors have never preached. And it's not because my pastor is like um, intimidated by their gifting. No, that's because ministry is more than just preaching. Mm -hmm. So 
part of the issue might be that you know folks are pushing the pastor's kid to do what the pastor is doing when in fact that's not what their calling is they might not be called to play the organ for the rest of their life maybe they have a marketplace anointing and they are called to be speaking uh and doing podcasts and doing conferences uh let's say on real estate seemingly it has nothing to do with church but possess the land that's bible so like we i think as the church needs to be more open-minded because you can be in ministry and not be in the four walls most ministry happens outside of the four walls so we need to really open our minds and and like um rev said we need to stop pushing people to the places that we want them to go where the church thinks they should be like what happened with your son you know and we're determining their level of involvement and accepting what they're one ready for and two what they're actually called to right because it's the people who we call ourselves in the flesh who have the most difficulty I mean, I don't have statistics, but I'm just guessing. (laughs) And (laughs) I mean, I'm just going to go based on what I know. But Mm -hmm. as I was thinking about the the podcast, the scripture that came to my mind was um, 1 Corinthians. I brought it up. 1 Corinthians 9. Mm -hmm. And it's the the B clause of 22 into 23. I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some i do this for and i do this for the gospel's sake that i might be partaker thereof with you and i think that it just started raining twisted it's pouring it just started pouring down <laughs> like, oh, okay you preach on, preach on. <laughs> what but i think we've gotten that twisted yeah. because as believers, we were, were made to think that we have to be all things to all men. And that's not what that scripture is saying. Because we often hear the because of that verse quoted, but it's not quoted in context. Mm-hmm. What Paul is saying is that when I'm with the weak, I'm showing my weak side. Basically, mm-hmm. I am empathizing. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm relating to that person. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be all things to all men because if we're all things to all men, then that's how we get burned out. If we're expecting PKs to be all things to all men, like they're, they're uh, preacher and pastor, it, it, burns. it burns them out. And then they don't want anything to do with the church. But yeah. that has something to do with the culture. Right. It depends on the culture that they're coming up in Mm -hmm. if you are in if you're coming up especially as a young person if you're in a church where self-care and mental health and balance is part of the culture Mm -hmm. then it's going to be a less difficult not going to say it's easy but a less less difficult task to find yourself and find your own identity because those things are already accepted it's part of the culture but if Mm -hmm. you grow up in a church culture where you're expected to be all things to all men and you're supposed to be at every service and if you're not at every service you're going to be either the topic of the next um church meeting or you're going to be commented on in the next sermon 
or, 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 or you're going to be sat down because somebody saw you at the movies, right. watching a PG-13 movie. Like these are, if you're, if that's the type of culture that you came up in, then mm -hmm. finding yourself is going to be a challenge. And if yeah. you are still in that culture while you're in the process of finding yourself, there's going to be a, a great divide. There's going to be a great divide because people are going to say, oh, well, self-care, what's that? You need to be at this service. So what, you, you want to go, go for a massage? That's, yeah. that, that, that's more important than, <laughs> than, than hearing your daddy preach. What? You're going on a cruise? What? Don't you know what Sunday is? Yeah. I just, finals week just finished. Yes, I'm sorry, but he's my daddy. I can hear him preach whenever I want to. I'm going to get this massage. Yes. Record. <laughs> like, so it really, it really depends on, on the culture that you come up in. Mm -hmm. Because and even for myself, the church culture that I grew up in, I... It was Baptist, not necessarily traditional Baptist. Mm -hmm. um, my pastor used to say that it was Bapticostal. Um, but as once I preached my initial sermon, <laughs> you know, I was expected to be at every afternoon service that my pastor was preaching at. We had our schedule because there were a lot of ministers. We had our schedule, you know, who was going to be in the pulpit on what Sunday. And we had like the, the big robes with the fluffy collar, mm -hmm. like the choir robe type mm -hmm. of robe. Yep. Hot, hot, hot. And nobody told me not to wear your suit jacket under that robe. Whoa, it was like, why did y'all tell me? <laughs> I was pouring down sweat. Nobody wanted to tell me. But anyway, that's summer clothes. <laughs> but, but that was the culture. Mm -hmm. I saw my grandmother in ministry. Um, you know, as the, the president of the pastor's aid. So I saw her committed at everything, you know. Um, so that was the part, that was the culture I came up in. Wow. I saw the expectation. But even in that culture, there was someone who would tell me, you know, no is a good word. But I don't know if that applied when it came to church. Mm -hmm. I said, hallelujah. Because... <laughs> So it's, you really have to, we talked about that. So important. That is exactly what's important is that not knowing how to say no. And if it does no apply to church. Yes. I don't know if I can say no at church, but I can say no in my personal life, but I don't know about here. Sometimes the expectation is that you say no for church. So the scripture that would I would use right now is John 15 and the fourth verse before that abide in me and I in you so who is the me that you should be abiding in mm. so as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. Who is the me? Hmm. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, 
the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. So the abiding, uh, a lot of times, and this culture that is going on now is that uh, the pastor, the preacher, the, you know, all those people want people, little thems, to abide in them. Mm -hmm. So they can say that they are over them. Mm. And they shape many me's mm. and they don't teach they don't groom they mm. just groom the outer they don't groom wow. the inner wow and so instead of directing them to abide in our lord mm. abide in our god and his principles uh, and what he has for us they're being dipped in oil and say, abide in me, the preacher, mm. the teacher, the mother, the father. And they never get their own identity. Jesus. Because they're abiding in everybody else but the one they need to be abided in. Ooh. That's a word. I was like, that is a word in and of itself. All right. Yes so true so so true and and that's one thing i know i keep referring to my pastor and but this the culture that i'm in now is mm -hmm. one of those freeing cultures our tagline is your life gets better from here and it's so true because it's one of those freeing cultures like pastor of counseling and mental health like who does that because yeah. it's uh about that it's life. that oh, type oh. of ministry you know like they had a spa day for people to come and like decompose press because that's important um my pastor said i'm like he's well known he's done international ministry but he's like i don't like to, he's a prophet he's like i don't like to prophesy in church because i don't want people to come here for me or just because they, yes. right i don't i don't want people the the prophet leeches the people who are seeking a word that's right just to come here mm -hmm. for that i want people to come here because they're looking for uh, a shepherd who's going to shepherd them in their walk with God. Like, don't come here for me, because you'll notice in every church experiences it, if the pastor is actually on a vacation, because when does that happen? If the pastor is on a vacation, <laughs> half the church isn't there. That's you know, because, that's because nobody else has a word. No, but you know what's funny is, but that's the, you are absolutely right about culture, and that's one thing I love about my pastor. He go, they go on vacation. They, they take, so my, my niece goes down to, Alabama, goes down to her grandparents' house and they go down and they take their daughter down to a vacation and then they spend time and they're, I have Jamaican massive in my church. So, you know, we got this whole Caribbean, like infusion and African infusion. And uh, so it's, you know, we do, we, we know that everybody's going on vacation because it's, there's a very international approach to the AMU church in and of itself, but that we have so many partnerships and we do this, you know, a lot of, um, um, our Jerusalem and Judea missions is so dope that you know we, our outreach goes all the way you know to South Africa and they come to New York and hang out with us for the time when my pastor's not around and in the fact that we've been able to do that over and over again you are so right about culture because it's not about he was like if you are coming here for me then I'm doing something wrong he was like this is right. a body of believers that is incredible mm -hmm. we even cut out our faces and put them in where we all usually sit 
so that right now while he's preaching to nothing, he has our pictures in the spaces where we would be. He says, it's better, but it's not the same. He's like, I, I can't wait till page four, you know, but he can't wait. And, um, but you're right about that. Like literally it is who you, he, he literally hide me behind this sacred desk. Like it's not about me. He was like, I just need you guys to believe. And I think part of that is that like, we are in, so we're in the south side of, of Lower Westchester and Mount Vernon Hood, right? And we are in this eclectic neighborhood. And there was this big tree. And, and we literally cut the tree down so that you could see the church. And then our, our, our uh, you know, our, our folks from Guatemala came to New York. It was great. And we all painted the church white. And, we, you know, we, we spruced it up. We got things fixed. Because he was like, no, we can't be the dirty white church. Because the, tr- the tree was, it was sullying the roof and, you know, making things difficult. And you couldn't really see the church. He was like, I want the people in the community to understand that we're here. And we, and we do outreach. We feed the community. Like, we're, we are consistently doing things but the no factor i think Joanne knows like thursday night where i had to bolt out i'm like quiet rehearsal quiet rehearsal and um you know but it's like and they know i'm an executive but yet that's my gift and so that's what i have to share and so i can't i don't do all the events i don't i'm not on the i'm not serving i'm not i do the first ladies guild i do a couple of the you know events out following my pastor because you know you know when they turn around and they go and my choir is coming right like you know? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like we, that, that, we didn't know that pastor, but okay, we here. Pikachu, I choose you. Who is you? Um, and so I give them a few of those, but then literally because we have streaming capabilities i was like no i'm doing bedside baptist today because i am exhausted mentally physically i need to be full you're absolutely correct but i'm exhausted and so yeah. uh, you know it took them a minute and then you know some of the, the I, I call it the more tenured uh church goers had a problem with us us younger folks being able to say no um and being able to say i was like i'm not saying every sunday Uh, i want to enjoy the word sometimes without having the 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 work and the cues and and being responsible for ushering in spirit and so talk to me about talk to me about like sometimes my, my pastor loves to have a guest pastor um and our former pastor came back to the church. He's an elder now, and he has him sitting up there. But so that means he doesn't have to do the whole service. And it's like, oh, he was like, it's so beautiful not to do the altar call. It's so beautiful not to have to do the altar prayer. It's so beautiful not to do, the, you know, so he's like, the invocation, I got help now. <laughs> and, um, but talk to me about the responsibility, because I know Zoe, some of your clients may have this one too, because I struggle with it, is when you are in service. And, you know, I got on my choir about walking in and getting, being prepared or, you know, kind of centering down. So we all pray together. And if you come in late, then you go to the altar, you pray, and then you join, you can then join us on the pulpit. Um, But that walking in and being, setting an intention that you are going to be, you know, showing up for God, like just being in, being present, being in spirit and the responsibility. So I have had, you know, on the cusp of, somebody potentially you know giving their life to christ moment where you are either singing or you are preaching um and you know you have t- you know the person in the room that you're speaking to because you can feel it or you you know and you may not know the other person but you know you know that you feel the holy ghost is kind of telling you like you got there's somebody in this room that is wrestling and you your word all of a sudden shifts because you're in spirit and when people are hiding behind the mask and they don't allow themselves to surrender so that the holy ghost can take over and so yeah, i can tell you if they're not centered if they don't understand what their vertical is i can tell you that they have a high anxiety but 
both of you chime in on, on how do you handle the duality of being responsible for someone getting closer to God or, 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 or accepting God in their life? But you are not responsible. Well, you know, no, as a vessel. So, I mean, Hear what I'm saying. The Holy mm-hmm. Spirit is responsible. Correct, correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you are responsible to putting the word out. Mm-hmm. And then backing up and let the Holy Spirit do the work. You know the scripture that one comes and waters, but God mm-hmm. gives the increase. Yeah. So we have to know our place in that scheme of things. Mm-hmm. That what we're doing right now in our ministry is just coming along and watering. But God is going to give the increase. increase. So when I'm preaching or when I'm teaching, or when I'm dancing, whatever it is that God calls me to do at that particular time, it's all to the glory of God. It's going upward. Mm-hmm. And so it's God's business to take it outward. Yeah. So although you know that something is moving, because you need to know something is moving, because you're going to move with it, mm-hmm. you stay focused on him and let God do the rest. Because if we try to take over that part, we're going to mess that part up. Mm-hmm. Because we're going to start putting out field, fielders. And who is it? I wonder who it is. Is it you? Is it you? Is it you? That's not my business who it is. Now, if they want to come to me afterwards and say, you know what? You were talking right to me. You were talking at mm-hmm. me. You, I needed to hear your word. I've heard that many times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't preaching specifically to Shante. I wasn't preaching specifically to you, you, you. I was just yeah. following God's script yep. and allowing him to do the work. And that's the most beautiful thing because yeah. it relinquishes the pressure off of you. Yep. You don't have to be pressured. You don't have to feel like, oh, this song better be right. Or this this sermon better be all on point. Or no, no, no. You just like Lord. I'm not looking at their faces because God always told me don't look at their faces. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. preach my word. Mm-hmm. You're gonna yeah. preach it in season and out of season. Let me do the work. I'm like okay. So I would preach a lot of times holding a pen in my hand because what comes out of my mouth, I'm like what. Let me write that. <laughs> write that down. You see, I got a pen. I knew, I knew who y'all were. Every day, yeah. I was like, oops, yeah. Yeah. Oops, I'm oops. like, let me write notes. that. Like, sometimes I had a, sometimes I had a tissue paper up on the pulpit with me, and so I think it just tell you. And she might not have seen the pen per se, uh, but I was writing it. I had it right by my side. I'm like, wow, I have to remember that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes it happens when I'm doing uh, a session, a therapy mm-hmm. session, yeah. because. If you have a relationship with God, it's not limited to when you're in service, but it starts with relationship. If you don't have that relationship, then you're not going to be tapped in, as they say. You're not going to be able to be tapped in when, you know, someone is, you know, struggling to come to the altar or something like that. If you don't have that relationship for yourself, then you are going to succumb to the expectations uh, that people have of you as the PK. So it's a really, what's really important is relationship. That's everything trickles down from there. If you don't have 
an individual relationship with God, then that kind of ministry, that being available for the Holy Spirit to speak to you and to lead you and to guide you, that's going to be uh, convoluted by all of that other stuff. But if you, but it's like you're a PK, you got to listen to your parents or whatever. But at some point, you got to learn and love God for yourself. Like just because your grandmama prayed for you, that doesn't mean that you yourself have the relationship. That's right. Relationship that's going to allow you to minister effectively. And me and Rev were talking about this the other day, like when it comes to to praise dance, we, we both dance and we were just talking about the importance of not like dancing in one place because sometimes just doing one movement near somebody that's going to be the confirmation that they need or the conviction that they need. But if I'm focused on, oh, well, let me do this right because, you know, I'm, you know, I'm the leader of the ministry and people are going to say I messed up or whatever, that person's going to miss their blessing. Mm -hmm. And, and you never know, it could have been literally a matter of life and death. I know that's right. So we have to shift our focus. We have to shift our focus onto what really matters because there's life lives hanging in the balance. That's what ministry is. Ministry is meeting the needs of the people. And we can't effectively, not affectively, we can't effectively meet the needs of the people if we are bogged down and bound by the expectations of society and the expectations of man. And oh, they might be family, but if those expectations are not in line with what God has called you to do, even if it is in the marketplace, even if it is uh, or unorthodox, even if it is something you know that is non-traditional and people wouldn't expect, so be it. Jesus yeah. was unorthodox. I remember my mother telling me, I just want to go, I'm sorry. I just want to go, I know we've been on for a little bit. I just want to uh, get your, your ideas. It sounds like the churches and, and the church homes that you have established and where you are a member of, um, actually accept and acknowledge the aspect of mental health, um, the component mm -hmm. of self-care and I think what's going to be important now after hearing all of this is how do we then share that with other church communities that mental health is very important because sometimes some people are still struggling between that idea of, oh, I, I have God, but I can't really go to a therapist. I don't need a therapist. I just have God. And then, but what if you have other things you need to work on? So how do we share that message and what would you say to other communities um, about how to incorporate that mental health piece in order to get people to understand it is okay to love God and have a therapist too. Mm -hmm. There's so, t-shirts that just say like it. that. It was like, just like that. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. like that. Exactly. I celebrate every month. Like, uh, um, every month there is an initiative pretty much right um and so you know you kind of know your congregation we have a lot of nurses and we have a lot of therapists so um and we have doctors and so at the end of the day in in and a responsibility I, I i love is that we are you know melanin dominant right so you know you everybody got a little stomach got sugar and this one's got this and we're trying to get our we want our congregation to be healthy mind body spirit soul so we celebrate healthy heart we do this whole moment we i literally had to teach people how to cook um, you know after getting on the pulpit and then we got the shampoo and after service we were like every sunday 
for this month of heart awareness and, and mental health awareness. So we do whatever the theme is, social work, like we celebrate it and then we do a fellowship together. And so like literally to teach them how to not put, you know, tons of salt and seasoning on their food to keep their hearts in, in order. We brought in a therapist to literally walk them through it. We do their blood pressure screenings. We do the diet, you know, we, we do like a whole gambit. So now, like you said, um, ministers over everything. So the health ministry is really strong because we have some really great nurses on deck and we have had, thank goodness they are there because we've had, you know, almost babies. We've had, we've had people fall out almost one time, the baby in church, my fast was like, Oh no, out the building. Let's go. Um, <laughs> we, um, where people have fallen, you know, like they are, thank goodness they are as, woke or as receptive to that so i think like you said the message is that they're on church it's literally about mental health take care of yourself like yeah. literally um that is a, a there is a a learned culture around making sure that your members our, our membership is is doing well and that people will check on you and especially if you have indicated that that's your prayer or that's something that you're dealing with or struggling with and cancer is a big one and um organ donor we actually had two interesting um, uh, people in our church go through that process where her son died and now the organ donor is a member of our church. And so every now and again, when she goes to spirit, she, she oh. reaches out and touches his heart. And honey, I'm telling you, you talk about bringing a house down. She brings a house down um, because I didn't, I didn't know how important that was um, until her testimony. Um, and so, you know, as, as, as the more we learn, um, the more we grow as a body of body of believers in Christ, because we then find out the issues that are important to folks. And so, um, yeah, no, even the, you know, putting the ramp in and making sure we have a, you know, wheelchair on deck and making sure we have uh, just everything. Like, I, I mean, I don't think we, there's nothing that my first lady and we, we sit there, we actually strategize to make sure we're not just engaging the, 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 I call it the, the older body, but because the, um, because the the minister, the um, missionaries take care of the young people. It's like we also then task them to make sure that they're doing when they're doing the classes for the young people that they're doing same similar. So even even them, this period has been we do Monday night check-ins, especially because we have a lot of first responders um, for mental health. And so this whole month has been literally about their test, making sure that they're okay in their testimonies around yeah. their issues. Because part of it is you can't hide if you have like when you when you know you are suffering suffering from something. Thing, your issue becomes it, when people are praying for you and you want to be specific about what we're talking like the healing hands of making sure the doctors have them I mean, we go into some specific I, I, you know identified issues that we want to pray for and so when somebody says that they're struggling with either depression or whatever it is and, and maybe they don't identify it but then we we actually literally go into a whole moment of, of uh, care and special prayer for individuals who may, may not know what to do and so and then coaching and giving resources I think that's the, the, the key is that even sometimes the stuff that we give out I, I share with the church so that they have that information on the website and in the in the in the fly in the, the bulletin for this for Sunday um, and in the I know the women's ministry piece whenever it's something big like that at the conference level they we, we talk about stuff like that and how to integrate that into your um, your culture so it's, it's something that's definitely on the radar screen it's absolutely important and what you said is um, is really the strategy and strategy is important. We can't just get up in the pulpit and say, we support blah, blah, blah. Like in this case, we support mental health. I'll, I'll give you a quick story. We were in a, a pastor's meeting 
and this was before I was ordained. I'm like, why y'all got me here? Why am I here to take notes? I'll take real good notes because I don't know why else I'm here. But anyway, um, so uh, one of the pastors, she's a guidance counselor, and she got word during the meeting that one of her former students had died by suicide. And then I think one of the youth pastors mentioned, yeah, one of our youth um, uh, had said that she was experiencing suicidal thoughts. And pastor was like, no, no, we, we have to do something about this. And he didn't just get up in the pulpit and say, we have to do something about this. He had a month long sermon series called Help Wanted. And he was preaching Ooh. on mental yeah. health from a spiritual perspective mm -hmm. um, and not saying that you got to pray, pray, pray away either. And then at the end of every sermon, he'd say, we have a, a team of, of certified counselors and they're ready to receive you. I'm like, oh, you do? <laughs> so we... <laughs> you were like, oh, that me. <laughs> so at that point, I was tasked with rallying those who were in the church yes. and that's how the counseling ministry starts. So started. So we, you know, provide very short-term care and we assist folks with referrals. Um, but strategy is so important, but the two uh, scriptures that I always refer to when it comes to um, normalizing mental health, when it comes to the church community, one, faith without works is dead. So you can pray, 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 and I'm not minimizing the power of prayer, but the word says that faith without works is dead. So when you pray, when you arise from prayer, God is going to give you a strategy. Yes. He's going to give you a strategy. So he might say, go to a doctor. Like I remember one day being in prayer and I, 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 I'm mindful of practicing the yielding aspect of prayer. Because if you have a conversation with someone, well, it's not a conversation, you talk and talk and talk and then you walk away. Like, how do you ask a question and you walk away and expect to get a response? So I sat there and he said counseling and he told me who to go to mm. with, you know, counseling with my ex-husband. And I was just like, I wasn't expecting you to say that, but okay. <laughs> like he showed, like I prayed mm -hmm. and then he gave me strategy. So we need to, you know, we can pray about the spirit and we can pray against it and we can bind and loose and decree and declare but then, okay, here, um, here's Dr. Tay, and she is over our counseling ministry, and she yeah. is going to connect you with blah, 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 and here's the link where you can complete yeah. our counseling or, uh, inquiry form, blah, blah, blah. That's one scripture. The other scripture that I always use in, on any platform, I probably need to find a new one, but it, it applies. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the earth and they that dwell therein. That's um, Psalm 23 and 1. Mm -hmm. Mental health professionals are part of the they that dwell therein. God created us. I know he created me. So that means that you're allowed to utilize us. He gave us this gift. Exactly. Yep. We here. <laughs> Miraculously. Right. So that means that you can love God. You can be a devout believer and still talk to your therapist because we're part of the they that dwell therein. God gave us these gifts, not to put it under a bushel. He gave us these gifts, the way that we interpret, the way that you know we conceptualize things to help other people. It's not for us, it's to help other people. Do we apply it to our lives? We should, um, but it's to help other people. So absolutely, you should, I mean, I'm biased, but 
Yeah, it makes sense. If you go through the pipe, if you go through the Bible, it doesn't say that this person in the Bible was depressed. But if you have knowledge of, you know, the the DSM, and you look at some of these people, like, were those hallucinations or was that God talking? Oh, so and so was depressed. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That that sounds like some cognitive dissonance there. Like, (laughs) if you go through the Bible. There are people who are going through some things. Look at you. Rev, look at, look at your handiwork over there, Rev. Look at your handiwork and your, 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 your discipleship over there. Don't make me cry. Do not make me cry. I'm You said, you clearly said, not everybody's meant to be up there on that on the pulpit being right. a pastor, not everyone was made for that. So we have different talents and skills and we're pushed in different directions. It's like we were pushed to be the therapist or psychologist and right. that's our calling and that's how we help the people. And today I was doing a processing group and someone sh- shared in the group and said, um, I'm not meant to be a protester. I tried to protest before. I, I was out there with Mike Brown and it hurt. It hurt me to my core, and I and I, I came home, and I, it took me so long to heal from just being out there. But I had to learn that I could help my community in a different way. So this is the same way. I help my community through therapy. I help my community through creating this podcast with Holly and having this platform. They say if you're not invited to a platform, you make your own platform, right? So we then right. others to come in here and give out that information because. This is what we do, and we bring people to the table to be able to hear and to communicate and to share information. And I think that's really what's important, that people have the opportunity to spread the word a different way. Yeah. I got it. But it it takes changing culture. Yeah. Just like these protests. Yeah. We're protesting a change in culture, ultimately, because there's a culture of racism, and we are trying to change that. We have to change this mindset that you're only called to ministry if you're behind the pulpit. Not so. Not so. Food pantry, that's ministry. You're meeting the needs of people. Security, that's ministry, because you're securing the people who are in the house. I mean, it's so but we complicate it because what will happen is people will lose people Mm. and you see what God has allowed to happen Mm -hmm. people lost people Mm -hmm. as much as the church had been trying to keep people around them the entourage God shut down because he's tired of the all of the dance and the theatrics and uh, Mm -hmm. and i dance i preach i teach Mm -hmm. i like to laugh i like to have fun and all at the same time too she's awesome (laughs) (laughs) okay well i'm coming but i don't like nonsense that's what Mm -hmm. i never like i never like nonsense i never like theatric i never like phoniness i never like hypocritical i i I just never like that And I always said that I must be the first partaker of whatever I put out there. Mm. So if I'm preaching to you and teaching to you, guarantee that I have already experienced or I am experiencing what I'm telling you 
to experience or how to get out and and so forth and so on. So we have to be true to ourselves in the scheme of things and want to come to the table and say, we have to change this culture. What culture are we changing? Is, is it racism? Okay, then is, do you have racism within you? <laughs> you have to look at yourself in the mirror. Um, I'm a strong believer in looking at oneself in the mirror and telling yourself the truth. So before I can talk about fixing you or even helping mm -hmm. fixing you, I need to look at myself and I need to say, okay, what part of this do I not need? Uh, what part am I playing to, you know, make it worse or make it better? You know, um, this was a, a great platform. I, I enjoyed it. You're not off the hook yet. Hold on. Oh. I, got my, I gotta wrap it up because we gotta keep it thematic because we are women. And so I asked both of you um, to, 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 you got two questions. You, you can answer them one and then done or you can answer, you guys figure it out. Oh, it's if, up to you. If you were a woman in the Bible, if you could pick a woman in the Bible who you think you are most like, who would it be? Ooh, ooh, don't, don't. <laughs> who would it be? Right? You know something? Oops. Well, um, I'm that person, right? <laughs> here, here come my um. What's the word? Um, not like everybody else, and I, it's right here in the top of my head, but a peculiar, <laughs> my peculiarness. I don't pattern myself after anybody in the Bible, per se, like that. And, and not, there's also, don't take it from the literal of the, the story. For no, me, it's no. the act, more like the attributes. So mm -hmm. uh, the, I, I get it. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm praising it this way. Because you mm -hmm. have a lot of people that want to be like the people in the Bible, wow. but they're not. Mm -hmm. she called that was a different culture. Yeah. I'm, I'm priest Diane Nesbitt Terrain. And whatever else you want to put on me. Or... Mm -hmm about me whether i am or i ain't <laughs> um and i can only be that's like saying to me i was a single i was a single parent mm -hmm. and i grew my son my son and i two peas in the pot he's timothy terrain you might mm -hmm. have seen him lately and um they would say, oh, you're, you're his father and his mother. And I said, don't ever say that. You disrespect me by calling me his father. I'm only his mother. And I can only be the best mother I can be. I cannot be his father. All you have to do is look down. So, I'm sorry. Oh, good okay. I love but, it. 
And so when I, I talk about um, Bible, okay, mm -hmm. um, and the characters, I appreciate them. Mm -hmm. I learned from them. I gleaned from them. I, 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 yes, but I cannot ever say I want to be like them. I don't know. You understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I don't want to be yeah. a Moses. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be a Paul. I don't want to be Sarah. I don't want to be because we, it's it's like a horoscope. Um, the horoscope. Mm -hmm. It's That's like astrology. Mm -hmm. You're a little bit of everybody. Because you can li you can literally read each one and find okay. yourself in there. Correct. So I would say I just want to be the disciple that God has called me to be. Okay. And I take away from the Bible and from the word of God uh, that prayer is important. Faith is important and love is important, important and, and, and being truthful and respectful is, is important. And um, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Yeah. I, I can't pick just one that says, you know, that they want a hallelujah, you know, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, 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 I like to dance. I, I, you know, the, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and I'm going to dance and dance and dance until he say stop. So who all is that? Both men and women. This is who I, uh, uh, this is my village. This is my family of believers. There's a cloud of witnesses that no man can number. So I'm part of that number, uh, whether it's man or woman or, or so I, I, I'm sorry. So there's not one particular person that. Awesome. Awesome. Good answer. <laughs> if I had to choose a person, not that I strive to emulate, but that I kind of uh, identify with. I think for this season of my life, for everything there is the season, um, I'd have to say Esther, because um, Esther didn't see herself as queen. Um, Mordecai saw something in her and you know, pushed her to go through the preparation process. And I think that's where I am now. Um, because they're like people, my, my circle is shifting and there've been people speaking into my life from very young, but I'm like, even now, like people in my church call me Dr. Tay and I like, I rock with it it's fine because I joined the church as Dr. Tate, like pastor said, Oh, Dr. Tate joined the church. So like people, a lot of people don't even know my name is actually Shantae. So it's like, I rock with it. But at the end of the day, like I'm just Tay. So the accolades that people, you know, attach to me and they praise, I'm just like, thanks to God be the glory yeah. for the things he has done. I'm still just Tay. Um, but I'm realizing that there are people um in my circle in my new circle so to speak that are seeing things in me um that i probably haven't seen in myself so they're kind of pushing me into 
another level, so to speak. Not mm -hmm. saying that they're pushing me to be queen, but into this <laughs> new level of acceptance of mm -hmm. um, these things that I either haven't seen or rather didn't want to see because with a new level comes new responsibilities, uh, you know, new visibility, mm -hmm. like the, uh, the protest in Queens that uh, Rev mentioned, I was like upfront for that because mm -hmm. uh, the Excelling Church organized it and I was on the media team for it. And, I'm, and now I'm like going to committee meetings and I'm like, but I didn't, ex I, I'm not a community organizer. But people are seeing something in me that says that I, I have a voice on these platforms. So I'm just like, all right, I guess this is my preparation process for this next level. So I think at this point in my life, I uh, identify most with, with Esther. There's a lot of Mordecai's popping up. <laughs> And, and, and then you realize also in identifying with people and this is, what did they do with Jesus? Um, what does Palm Sunday represent? Palm Sunday representing him coming into triumphantly walking and riding and all of that. What happened by the end of the week? Hmm. So, you have yes. to keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. um, those that will hold you up are sometimes the first people that will bring you mm -hmm. down. Absolutely. Are Absolutely. The, the ones that want you to go, but as far as they want you to go. Mm. So All always right. keep that in mind. I'm that, I'm, I'm off. I'm, I'm the John, okay, the John that's in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. They prepare for the Lord. I'm that person. I'm that that obscure person over there that I see, mm. and I speak when God says speak, and I don't need a pulpit to speak in. That's right. That that's right. yeah. So we have to be careful. I'm a watcher. I'm a overseer. I watch over people. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be you. It could be you. It could be. Mm -hmm. yeah and if you had a scripture for someone who was in distress um as we oh, we can't let go of mental health month so we still there um, right <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's we got so much going on time. in the world we need two more 24 7 because yes. we're dealing with it 24 oh, 7 the heck with the, the mental health month yeah, we're dealing we with very large scale, 24-7. Yep. Well, give me, heavy. give, yeah. Give, what is your, what would your go-to suggestion be? So someone who's listening back or watching back, if they need something to find, a place to find comfort. Um, and I know, uh, you know, there's certain, for me, it's, it's always, it's more musical sometimes for me, because that's just where I hear, you know, I'm, I'm in a different headspace. So for me, it'll be, you know, um, let me touch the hem of his garment is one of my favorite uh, songs. 
Like, like you can't talk to me when that's on or Psalm 23. Like, you know, it's just like, and then, you know, and then there's sometimes there's a, you know, a Fred Hammond song that, you know, that there's certain, certain pieces that he's done that just, you're in the vein, you're tapping in. Like, it's like, in, it's, it's, it's like wounded. I'm wounded um, by those words because I know um, that I'm, you know, that moment where I'm be still and, and know that I am God. But if somebody is struggling, who's listening to this segment, what, where would you send them? What, what would you tell them? Vision is yet for an appointed time. Mm-hmm. And at the end, it shall speak and not tarry. I'm going to get it. Um, let me, uh, Habakkuk 2 and 3. Oh. And since it's, because uh, I could say it any old kind of way, because I know, because <laughs> no I've said it a million times within myself. Mm-hmm. Habakkuk 2 and 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie though it tarry wait for it don't abort the operation because it will surely come it will not tarry so that is saying you have a vision don't let go of it don't toss it away because somebody else don't see it don't understand it don't agree with it the vision is yet for an appointed time god has already made the time slot for you don't rush it don't be upset that it's not here in your seeing in your feeling but at the end of that thing it shall speak that means there's a process that you have to go through in order to get to the end. So you have to lose some things to gain some things. So you have to cry about some things. So you have to mourn about some t- things. It's okay. Because at the end, the light is at the end of the tunnel. It shall speak. It will not tarry. Because when it happens, there's going to be a big explosion. And everybody is going to know that God has done this thing, this beautiful thing in my life. Ooh, that's confirmation. Ooh, Lord. Ooh. Amen. You got your pen? Oh, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> that's one of my favorites. Okay. She confirmed. She just confirmed it. Great. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> got jokes. Thank you. Wrap up. Like, oh, okay, McFly. He was like, all right, McFly. You gonna give it to Jerry? I'm very, very thankful for you, um, like blessing us with with your presence on the podcast, being able to talk to our our followers, our audience, and just share um the integration between mental health and the church. How to spread that awareness. How to tell people it's okay to love God and have a therapist um to, to just hear some positivity and especially during a time like this so we do thank you for joining us and being here and sharing that with us we're so appreciative absolutely thank you, thank you for having me no I say queens this has been amazing you know 
I'm, and, I, and I just saw my pastor yesterday, so now you know I got I got texted and be like, all right, I was being hard headed, and she just hit me. With the, I got this thing. It's all right. It's all good. It happens. <laughs> so that is amazing because that's just being obedient, and I appreciate um, and just um, and 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 delight for getting to to meet you. And so Zoya, you know, when you got a partner like you know Dr. Z, it's, this partnership is so fluid and so so blessed uh, that we don't stress about it. We we really don't. We don't. We know that this conversation was going, spirit was going to take over. It was going to go where we needed to go. And I think people will be like, whoa, and moved by it. So I am so pleased because you guys are awesome spirits. I I am absolutely, absolutely glad to have met you. I'm glad to have met you. Likewise. I'm coming. You better put your address, put the church addresses. I'm coming. coming. Yeah, so we'll I'll add that to the box to to our information. Yes. Well, I'm 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 at a church right now because my ministry goes into other ministries to help them build mm-hmm. their ministry. Um, in in I I can do it through um, just building up an individual. So when they go into the church or wherever God has planted them, they know how to respond and act, um, mm-hmm. uh, and they can come back to the base of Daughters Design. Like we, we pray every Saturday night. We get on Zoom and we pray and I have some in South Carolina, uh, uh, Florida, you know, that mm-hmm. come together and we pray. Um, and it's, it's important to have a base uh, that you can come back to refuel and go back out again. Well, that's the type of uh, person I am ministry wise that's that come to the base all right charger and then go back out um, and so right now I am um, helping out uh, it's, it's New Mount Zion um, Pentecostal Church um, mm-hmm. I, I helped out uh, St. Albans Baptist Church mm-hmm. you know help build in the areas that needed to be built and then when God says assignment over, then assignment is over. What I do is by assignments. And um, so I don't go and try to make a name for myself because I know I'm not going to be here for long. Whether mm. long is five years, you know, six years, ten, however long God say it is, it is. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do um, as far as I've gone to Africa, I've preached, I've toured there and um, just wherever God says go, then that's where I go. That's how mm-hmm. I, I'm so I'm, I'm very laid back. I'm very be- out of the scene type of, <laughs> and so, okay. And, uh, but I'm there very present. Well, you know? right. <laughs> Amen. As long as you're obedient and you go where he tells you to go, we, mm-hmm. you, that's, that's it. You know, that's, that's, yeah. I love it. I love it. Awesome. All right, Dr. Z, wrap it up. Yeah, we are wrapping up. We're thanking our guests. We're thanking our audience for being here. And yeah. we have all that information tagged up at the end of the uh, at the closing. You'll be able to see it and send us an email at info at blackstilettlespodcast.com. And you can also mm-hmm. hashtag us at ask Black Thank you, everyone. Yes. yes.